Hey, well, welcome. We're going to uh, have some fun here for the next few weeks. You know, usually at Open Life, we speak in series. And so uh, it's kind of, you know, fun to do talks that like four weeks, there's a main point, there's a main theme and heart in it. And, uh, but as uh, I go to Indonesia, leave today for the uh, 30 days, we're going to have Bruce speaking next week and Jaden speaking, and, and so it's going to be fun to have some kind of standalone talks. And, and so today I want to give you a challenge called uh, Be the Few or Be One of the Few. And I, I heard a talk that kind of was on this theme a while back while I was mowing my lawn on a podcast. I love listening to sermons and stuff. And, uh, and it just really challenged me, so I wanted to, to kind of transfer it to our world and allow you guys to to be blessed by uh, these passages. I want to jump into Exodus 18. And uh, I use the English Standard Version. The Bible is in so many different versions out there. And the English Standard Version is a version that's very, like, word-for-word accurate. It's translated in a a little more of a, a... uh, closer to like the King James, but yet in a modern language, where the translation that we use for most of our verses is called the New International Version, where it's phrase for phrase accurately translated. So we use that mainly here at Open Life, but I wanted to do the ESV because its wording allows us to really discover the heart of this passage. Listen to this. Verse uh, 17 in Exodus 18 says, Moses' father-in-law said to him, This is from the father-in-law, his father-in-law. Catch this, guys, if you've been told anything like this. What you're doing is not good. (laughs) You're like, oh, man. Uh, You are the people, uh, you and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. You're not able to do it alone. Let me give you some backstory, kind of, I think, Maybe you've seen a movie about Moses, or maybe you watched the Bible on the History Channel and saw a bit about Moses, but give you a backstory on Moses. Moses has some issues, right? He's born and uh, should not have lived, so he was like floated down a river. He has abandonment issues from birth, right? And, uh, uh, but yet he ends up being like in the home of the ruler of the, uh, of the the world at that time, right, in Egypt. And so he's, he's hanging out there, grows up in royalty, but realizes that he's really an Israelite and not an Egyptian. And he gets mad at the way they're treating the slaves, and so he kills some guards. It's usually a bad thing. So now he's on the run. And uh, he goes out into the desert and, 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 and meets this lady eventually, and, and they hook up, and Jethro's like, her daddy, right? So that's the dude that's saying what you're doing is not good, but years, years later. Um, so here he is in the desert, and God's just prospering him, and, and he ends up one time when he's out tending his, his flocks, uh, they, he sees this bush that's on fire but not consumed, and it's God telling him he's going to lead the people who are slaves in Egypt out of slavery, that he's heard their prayers, and that Moses, this guy who stutters and has just not had a good past in Egypt, is like, me, you know, and God shows him some signs and he ends up actually leading the people who were slaves in Egypt out of slavery. And that's what you're most probably familiar with. If the Bible's kind of a new deal to you, you've probably heard something about like 
the parting of the Red Sea and, and that there's like people walking through uh, the water and, you know, and they're not like the water was parted and they walk through and then the army comes after them and they're consumed. It's just this cool visual story. But then they're wandering in the desert for a while and God starts guiding them by a cloud during the day and fire by night. And so Moses is kind of like the man of God, right? He's like very much so the man of God. The whole Ten Commandments, just all these deals are happening. And Jethro comes on the scene. Father-in-law comes to town, right? Hey, yeah, he's going to spend the night. Is that cool? You know, anyway, uh, so it's that moment. So that, when, when Jethro comes on the scene and says, what you're doing is not good, it's right after Moses is like, been, it's like, okay, dad, you know, maybe he was comfortable, comfortable enough to call the father-in-law dad, right? So he's like, dad, look, it's like, I've done this. We like made it through the water. We're free from the Egyptians. Like I have hit a rock with my staff and water came out of it. Huh, dad? Yeah. You know, and it's like, and so he's just, they're like, and, and, and he's like, hmm. And he's like all day, like people come to me with their issues People have a lot of issues, Dad. But they come to me, and all day, like, there's a line of people, and I'm just, like, helping them because I have wisdom from God, you know. And, and he's like, oh, oh, and he's taking it all in. And, and it, you know, the Bible says a wise man's words express deep thought. Well, Jethro kind of hears this thought from God and just shares it, as a father-in-law could, right? And he just says to him, Mo, son, what you're doing is no good. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine being told that? Like, you just freed all of Israel from slavery. And, and it's like, what you were doing is not good. And I, so, being that this was a word from the Lord for Moses, I wonder if Moses was like most upset at Jethro or God. Right? It's like, okay, he's speaking me wisdom from God, and it's like, what you're doing is not good. Huh? But, like, I'm doing exactly what I thought I was supposed to do. And, and, and that whole, you are not able to do it alone kind of thought, uh, it must have been confusing to be Moses at this moment. Because he thought, like, this was a good thing, that he was the man of God. And... Uh, uh, you know, what did I get wrong, God? What have I heard wrong? I might be asking. Uh, you know, have you seen what I've done? You and the people with you, Jethro says. When the leader is tired, they tire the people, right? And uh, so he's realizing, like, okay, there's thousands of people in line for your wisdom, Moses. Like, this line, this is not good. Have you ever been in that line? Walmart, late at night. Oh, okay, I won't pick on Walmart. Let's see. Uh, Fred Meyer, late at night. Uh, self-checkout is the best thing in the world, you know, because those late night lines, and you're like, seriously, two tellers? This is awesome. You know, this line is not good. It tires you out, and it tires out the worker as well. So he says uh, to him, this is too heavy for you. And when Jethro's saying this is too heavy for you, it's not just Moses. He's like, this is too heavy for you. And he's speaking to everyone, right? This is too heavy for you. Have you guys ever played this game? 
Jenga, right? I love this game for multiple, multiple reasons, and, uh, and I think it's a good illustration of what's, what's happening in this story. The thing, now my personality type is a little different, uh, just you, can, you don't have to nod on that, honey. I could see that. I didn't even need to look at you. Uh, but uh, they, uh, my personality is a little different in the fact that th- a game like this is, is kind of fun because they're always hard to set up. A game like this is kind of fun because it's, uh, there's no winner. There's losers, <laughs> right? It's like your goal is not to win this. It's, your goal is to not lose it. And I kind of like Jenga for that reason. But obviously, the way you play Jenga is you have to use just one hand. You two-hander Jenga players, that's not fair, right? And, uh, but you're looking for like a loose piece. And you can tap pieces. Some people play brutal and you can't, they don't let you tap. But your goal is to get a piece out. Take a deep breath. Once you're done and it hasn't fallen next person's turn. So if you have a group of people, one of the things strategically you want to do to win this is to make sure you take a piece because you want it to fall for them, not you. And so you take a piece and the engineer part of you is starting to like crank, right? You're thinking, how do I wire this so that in four turns it falls before I'm the fifth person? And you know, so you try to take out some supports and make it a little uneven. But what Moses was doing by saying, everybody come to me, this is a good thing, everybody come to me, I'll take all the weight of all of Israel upon myself, it would be like playing this game and taking out just the base. And now this is a really unstable structure, right? And eventually, the next person is going to come along and you're going to, Try to get the second. It wobbles and goes down. How easy that happens. I could have built this up. I think experts can get to 37 levels. And and you're like, if you just pull out the ones on the bottom, this is not good. This is the way that you're going to burn people out. You're going to make it to where uh, everyone falls this is not good. Now, it's, it's easy to look at Jenga and understand it's not good for it to rest all on one. But that's what Jethro's trying to get Moses to realize is, hey, you might not, you see this big line of people and think you're the man of God, but this is not good. This is going to wobble. And it is eventually going to fall over. It's not just going to take you out. It's going to take all of the people that you think you're blessing It's going to take them all down with you. What you're doing, Moses, is not good. You're not able to do it alone. You will wobble and come crashing down. So the thought here is together we're able, alone, we'll fall. We'll fall on our face. It won't work. This weekend we were able to experience the power of many coming together. Uh, uh, You know, honestly... It's one thing to put things on the calendar, and it's another thing for everybody to show up and, and to serve, and, and we did a great job. I, I honestly was very happy with the participation at Bonnie Lake Days. 
uh, for the booth that we had there for the community. People could come by and get tats and, and like color and watercolor and do a water walk for charity water. It was very fun. And uh, uh, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and I think in past times, it's easy to put something on the calendar and not show up for it. But I think people showed up in force, and it was, I, I appreciate that because you're able to enjoy. Now, if the community would have showed up in force, it would have been even awesomer, right? Is awesomer a word? Probably not. But anyway, more awesome. Uh, so we just had fun out there. But I'm excited again in like a week when that, it comes time for us to show up on the 27th and, and give school supplies to kids. And I think we'll be so blessed to do that. But I love it as our participation increases when we're just being ourselves in community. I think we start to spread this out. We can't do it alone. One person can't say yes and run the kids' zone. But when we're all in it together, man, we can make a great impact in our community. And I'm absolutely loving what we're able to do together. I, I loved actually overhearing the, the challenge, you know, for some of you, it might have been the first time you've ever, like, really shared what the church is about to strangers, to people, while their kids are coloring or whatever, you know. It's like, what's the church about? And you find yourself going, well, wow, that's a very good question. You know, you try to, you try to fumble through that. And, and I, one of my favorite moments was, uh, was meeting someone whom we've been praying for off of a prayer request on your connection cards. We really do pray for the prayer requests. You write on the back of your connection cards. And, and so I recognize the name of the person. I'm like, this might be creepy to you, but I've been praying for you. <laughs> and and the, her response wasn't like, you're right. You're kind of creepy. You know, it wasn't that, which was good. It was, it was like she was moved, and she's like, can I just have a hug? You know? And I was like, that would be creepy. You know, so I... I hope that didn't offend her, but um, no, I gave her a hug. Uh, together, we're able to bless not only those in the community, but we're able to be blessed by, by being engaged in, and involved. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the thought is God doesn't want us to be alone and become all wobbly in our life and, and on edge all the time and ready to collapse and, and realizing as well, if we collapse, we take down those with us. So we've got to figure out what is the solution here. And, and, you know, God wouldn't introduce a problem without a solution. And he gives us the solution spelled out through Jethro here in the rest of these verses. 21, verse 21. He says, moreover, so what you're doing is not good. You can't do it alone, right? And then he picks it up in verse 21. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, and hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you. But any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easy for you. And they will bear the burden with you. If you do this... God will direct you, you'll be able to endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So you know how frustrated you are when you finally get to the checker, right? Because you've been in that long line, you shouldn't have picked that one. You picked that one, though, 
And uh, you're like, oh, man. I was at Cash and Carry this week, and they, I had two items. I had, like, lids or something for, for coffee cups. And, and the guy, you know, I'm in this line behind somebody who has, like, thousands of items on, like, two wheelie carts. I'm just going, please let me go in front of you. Please let me go in front of you. And the guy's like, hey, you just have a couple items. You want to go in front of me? And, uh, and I was behind another. I was, I was actually in a different line with somebody who had hundreds and hundreds of items. And I was like, sure, right? So I switch in front of him. I switch lines in front of him. And the person that had the items that was just finishing up in front of me, there was an issue with their credit card. So now they're like, oh, we got to run back and we got to do this. And I'm just going, I wonder if they'll let me cut back over there. You know, and I'm kind of having that moment. I was like, can I get back over to that line? And that person goes through. I would have gone through already. Another person goes through. Thousands of item person goes through. You know, and I'm just like, you got to be. And so by the time you get to the register, you're like, grad, I switched lines. You know, you could just never predict it. So you just always should stay in that first line. I just, I just try not. Now, we're a family of six. So we put somebody in every line. We're that family. And so you're just like, whichever one gets first, call us over. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. In my big cart, you're that guy. But uh, that's just Costco. So, um, so I like work the samples until they call me forward and come with five carts. That's kind of what we do. Sorry, guys. That was you in line behind me. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so we, we, have, we have a lot of fun doing that. But I, I, I look at this. And uh, I, I, I feel a little bad now that, that uh, we, we caused that, that havoc for people. So you're exhausted. You're in that line. There's no peace involved by the time you get to that line. And Jethro's saying, if you want people to go, like, in peace, when they get through the register, you want them to go, I want to come back here. You've got to change your system. And I know some of you are thinking, you hear this and, and you realize, ooh, hundreds, fifties, thousands, this is a great idea. We should, we should map this out. Universities actually teach this passage when they teach, like, strategy and how to, how to lead masses and stuff. So um, it's pretty intriguing to me. As we get ready to leave for Indonesia for the, the next 30 days, um, it's been cool to see. I mean, I'm just, people ask, man, how do you leave how do you just leave your church for 30 days? What's going to happen with, is open life not meeting? And you know, they actually think like, like I'm the only guy or something. And I was like, no, our campus pastor is going to like lead the campus. You know, Jaden's totally able to do that. You know, and, and I'm excited to have able men and women who can lead this church. Uh, I, I'm able to, to sit there and go, Man, I've got, are you kidding me? While I'm gone, we're moving forward. I mean, we're, it's not, we're, we're not going to skip a beat. I look at, I look at Bruce, and, and he's so excited to, uh, to start and, and lead youth this fall. And, and, and he's going to take over the world. That's kind of his mission in life. But I, I was just like, go for it, Bruce. I can't wait to see and, and hear the stories of what happens this next weekend as he he gets together and hangs out with students and allows them to dream. And he comes ready. He's preaching next week. I'm excited for that. And uh, uh, just looking at, 
at, at the potential. James is actually crazy excited about groups, and he's harvesting your input on the city for groups and, and going, man, these are the ideas, and that, that's all launching. Like, all those things begin, and I'm not here. The school supply give at Liberty Ridge Elementary that we're taking, you know, we're, we're doing our normal offering today, but we're asking you to give big in that for the school supply give uh, to complete what we've actually already paid for. Anyway, so, uh, uh, you know, I look at that, and Brittany, uh, James' wife Brittany, she is helping lead that with the counselor of the school. I've not even met the new principal at the school. Like, I don't have to be there. Because if I did... Jethro would come knocking on my door and say, Thad, what you're doing is not good. But when you follow the leadership principles that are in here, we can not only make a difference locally, we can make a difference globally. We can make a difference regionally by going and and sharing what God has given us. The church we started in Sumner, Living Hope, that we helped intern Brent and get him launched out, that, that church... I think it's this Sunday that they're baptizing nine people in that church that we helped start. And he said to me, hey, I know it's going to be like close when you get back, but uh, in the fall we're doing a series about our values. And can you come and preach present with community? Because open life, like you, we do that, right? And, and I, was like, I was like, sure. What Sunday? I'm not sure. Okay, but I can say sure because we have able people. Who can lead this church? And that's good. I love that. And I, I, I look at this and I go, we can do so much ministry when we know we have able people. So instead of looking at the system and mapping out his leadership principles that are taught in Harvard Business School and other places, um, I want to skip to the benefits of this first, and then we'll go to the system. Uh, the the not focusing on the logistics, but more of the emotion of the logistics, right? There's four promises that if you do this, these are the results that Jethro gives Moses. So let's get the motivation behind the, the what, right? So the why before the what. Uh, so the first one is God will direct you. He, he says to Moses, you know, God will direct you. If you delegate, God will direct people. It's all, it's all good. The second promise is you'll be able to endure. So Moses, you know when you go to sleep at night, you're thinking about like 2,000 people you have to deal with issues of tomorrow? No, no, no. You'll be able to endure if you do this. And the third promise is all the people will go to their place in peace. Again, they'll be happy customers and not like really upset igno- uh, you know, customers. And then a great motivator, which is actually the first thing Jethro said, but I think it's selfish to throw this out first. Uh, It will be easier for you, right? I mean, who doesn't choose easier? I used to get in trouble in math in high school because they would teach like the long version first. And I'd be going, dude, there's an easier way. And the teacher would like, we're not learning that until next semester. Quiet, you know, fall in line, child. I'm like, I don't follow in lines. So it was just really a tough experience, school was. But anyway, uh, 
I want to be, I talk about not following, and then the next thought is, I want to be led by God. <laughs> when it's God, I follow, okay? Anyway, uh, but I do. I want to be led by God, and I look at this first thought, this first promise, God will direct you. Uh, I think life is more peaceful, ultimately, and you have less of a weight on you if you just allow God to direct you. I want to be led, not weighed down with the tasks that I would have to do if I were the only person, man of God, Right? And uh, we can get so burdened by the desires of people and, uh, and, not, and forget, like, what the mission is, you know? I mean, our mission is, is not to be people pleasers. Our mission is to make Jesus just known and to love people and, and live life to the full. Um, I don't want to start a race that I'm not able to finish. I love to be a great finisher, and I think that's honestly one of the characteristics of open life that has put us in a, a great place of favor in the community is when we say yes, they know we're all in. We're going to finish the task. We're not going to come with an agenda. We're just going to, we're going to make great of what they asked us to do. I believe there's a special call upon our church and uh, upon our church's life, I guess you could say, to reignite the call that many of you once heard in your life, maybe in your youth, but you abandon it because you saw before you an unattainable pace or a weight attributed to ministry or missionary work or whatever you felt that call for. And you were like, Oh, the responsibility is too much. The burden is too big. I'm, I couldn't do it. But you know what? God promises you that you'll endure in this passage. The model you saw needed to be approached by Jethro and told what you're doing is not good. And I love what we're doing with this uncomplicated church because the pace is sustainable instead of an unsustainable, narrow, top-down, really difficult pace. Let me give those promises to you again. Just list them out. They're on your notes. But God will direct you. You will be able to endure. All the people will go to their place in peace. It will be easier for you. That's for someone this morning. Because when I was preparing this talk, I just felt the weight, honestly, of somebody who's wrestling with the call in your life that you had upon you, and you're just like, it'd be too, it, I, there's no way I can fulfill the call in my life. Here's the deal. Uh, open life is the place where we're going to fan that call into flame, equip you, raise you up, and send you out. That's just what we do. It's because what God wants for you. So I challenge you, don't disqualify yourself. Because you'll be directed, you'll endure. It'll be more peaceful if you follow the call of God on your life. It'll be easier for you. Life will be easier. Your family, everything. When we come to the, together, the result should not be guilt or church politics or unrest. I'm so glad we don't have that, at least not from my perspective. I guess you really don't know if there are church politics. If you're the lead guy, they don't talk to you. But anyway, you know, it's just like uh, this, you know, this is never God's vision for the church. And you hear so many bad stories about things that happen to, to churches. I just don't, 
I don't get that because, like, peace. The goal is peace. The why is peace for everyone. And it only happens when we all do the work, ultimately. We should be demonstrating the value of peace to community. We should be the ones that are like, how do you do? And I've had this conversation multiple times this week. How big is your church? And you're like, oh, you know, any given week, 85, 90, 100, somewhere right around there. How do you guys do what you do? You know, and you're just like, we're active. Like it's not about Sunday. It's about the rest of the week and what we can accomplish in community. And, uh, and so it's been pretty cool to be able to say that with confidence. Man, I, I just think easier is better. I think peaceful is better. I think enduring is awesome. So how do we get there? You see the process here, and this kind of, God gives this plan to Moses. He says, okay, looking at the whole, all the people of Israel that you freed is cool, but I want you to find the few. And my challenge for you today is, are you going to position yourself to be one of the few? I think we're, we have a room full of people who are the few, right? We need to be the few in our world. And, and what, how do we find the few? You can see it. There's three steps here. Find able men. In the Bible, by the way, men refers to like both men and women. So don't think it's only man, those of you who want to be that person. Anyway, so empower people number two, and bear each other's burdens, number three. I'm just all about filling in the blanks real fast today. Did you get that? So uh, find able men, empower people, and bear each other's burdens. God is looking for a few good men. As it says in that passage, such men as these. I just love the way that's worded. God knows that there's a people who can lead And there's not one more valuable position than the other. Some of us are leaders of tens. Until you can lead tens, you'll never lead hundreds. And the better leaders of thousands are actually really good leaders of tens. And it's the whole breakdown is there. You know, some some are leaders of thousands, hundreds, tens. I mean, that's just all how it breaks out is, is you have to learn how to lead with little before you lead a lot. But God is looking for the few. Listen to this. Matthew 9:37. So Jesus now talking, right? He said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few." Matthew 7:13 through 14 says, "Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life." And only a few find it. God understands few. Matthew twenty two fourteen. Many are invited, but few are chosen. So he gives us this, this plan for how to find the few. It's find able men. What does able mean in Scripture? Able refers to people who are positioned to be ready. It's literally a picture of stability. And in this day, they have their affairs in order. So in other words, they're stable primarily financially in this world is what it's referring to. One who's positioned for opportunity. They're not burdened by those whom they owe. 
they can be expectant due to preparation. They've done the hard work so that they can be able. If you were on a plane, <laughs> I shouldn't give this illustration the day that I'm going to be on a plane for over 10 hours. Uh, if you were on a plane and that plane were going to go down, you would be able to survive if you had a parachute on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, the able person to jump out of the plane is wearing a parachute. You would be able. If you were able to keep your finances in order when you made a little, and you continue to exponentially keep your finances in order when you make a lot, you'll be in a good position to make a lot. But if you don't know how to manage your finances when you make a little, and then you make a lot, you're going to be in bigger trouble with the lot. In fact, you may not get entrusted with the lot. We need to be able. Matthew 25, 21 says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. God wants to see the few be faithful with the few. How are you doing with the little things in your life? When you have little, how are you doing? I think this is one of the reasons God is blessing open life, you know, in unparalleled ways, because we have been faithful with the little. We've been able to do a lot with a little. A little goes a long ways. And I, I, I was telling the story, and I sent it out on Facebook this week, but when Office Depot gives you a $100 gift card and then gives you 90% off a bunch of school supplies, and you buy $700 worth of school supplies, only pay $65 for it, and leave the store with $35, they paid us to shop there. I think God blessed us for being faithful with a little. I actually got for leaving with a bunch of product. I filled my Prius, which I, is really a form of a pickup, I think. But anyway, you know, I treat it like that, and I just go, wow, faithful. And God's looking for that. He wants trustworthy, which means finishers. Uh, he wants just, which means we don't take bribes, unless they're in the form of Starbucks gift cards. And then, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, that's what he's looking for, right? He doesn't want us to, to he's looking for able men in a day uh, when, when financial order is related to, to able, and I think it still is today. If we wanted to see where your character was or your priorities were, you know what we could look at? Your budget. And I don't know about your credit card, but like ours can send an annual report and it breaks down every category that you spent money in. If we all looked, if we set that on the table and we looked at your bank budget and we looked at, and you probably all keep spreadsheets just perfectly in your budget. I'm just kidding. But you know, if you did, where does it say your priorities are? If you laid it all out there. Oh, he must be a part owner in Starbucks. No, I'm not. That would be nice. Anyway, uh, so it's like, but you know, where are you spending and, and where is, how able does that character reference of your finances say you are for God to use you in ways? Or does it say, or does life say you're not trusting God enough and taking faith risks? Or does life, or does it say, Man, you're supporting something that totally oppresses people. And so injustice. Maybe, maybe you're ex 
accepting the bribe of safety when God has called you to put something at risk. Indonesia could be crazy to attempt with four kids. Just saying. <laughs> it is. Not yes. It's totally crazy. Uh, but Indonesia could be crazy to attempt with four kids. But here's the deal. Um, I don't want to accept the bribe of safe. I want to I see what God could allow us to do globally on mission with him. God is just looking for a few. I want to be one of the few. And I sure hope that you want to be one of the few. Then we need to empower people. The classic passage, it just makes it clear, right? Ephesians 4.11 says this. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be uh, pastors and teachers. To do what? Prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then... Right? So we equip to serve then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth. Right? We will then if we equip each other, then we'll no longer be wobbling and right? As long as we're all being equipped to serve and we jump into that service, we don't take the bribe of safety, we put our hands to the plow, even if it's uncomfortable for us to maybe be in a spot where we're explaining something for the first time in our life that we don't necessarily know the answer for. Then we'll no longer be pushed back and forth by the waves or blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth and love, we will in all things grow up into him who's the head, Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. What you're doing, not good. You cannot do it alone. We all have to do our part, right? Not equal, not equal parts, but equal sacrifice. That's what God's challenging us to do. Finally, bear one another's burdens. This simply means serve one another. Serve one another. And that's not serve one another like just us, right? This is serve one another. Where does it hurt, and are we serving that need? Where's the greatest point of need in our community? Are we tuned into it? I think we are with Liberty Ridge Elementary. I think we're tuned into the need of that community and being able to make a great impact in those students' lives by providing 100% of those school supplies. It's a beautiful picture of the church when God allows us to be an integral part of community and make not just our church stronger, but the community a stronger place for him. You are one of the few. And I hope you sense that today. I hope you want to be one of the few. I hope you want to be chosen. You want to be the few that are chosen and experience life. And I want to pray that over you today. The lines on the back of your connection card for the next few weeks are just blank. God's challenging you somewhere in the process of this, this passage to be one of the few that God could choose and use. God will direct you. You'll be able to endure. All the people will go to their place in peace. If we want to bring peace to our city, it's going to depend on the few. And it will be easier for you. Life will be more fulfilling 
if you're willing. Let's pray. God, I thank you for empowering us, for choosing us to be the few that could make great impacts in our community. I remember sitting there three years ago across the table from the mayor and, and, and asking him and some of our city leaders, what impact, like what is the church doing to benefit the community? And looking at a dead stare and absolutely zero response. I, I'm glad that that day no longer exists, if asked. I'm glad that there's serving happening, not just from us, but other churches in our schools and in our community. Few are stepping out and leading. And I pray that, Lord, those who've had a call upon their life and they've avoided it or resisted it, I pray that, God, you'll fan that call back into flame, that they'll realize it's not supposed to be this big, heavy task to answer the call upon their life. It's not supposed to be weighty, but you'll help us endure. You just want a few such as these that will serve you faithfully. God, inspire us to do that, to serve you faithfully. We just are here saying we're willing. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as they lead us in a song today in closing?